Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. Hey, Renew. Uh, We have been in John for some time now, and today we will be looking at John 13. Uh, We're excited that in the month to come here, we will be meeting in house churches. And uh, my prayer is, our prayer is that as we have an opportunity to hear the teaching throughout this week, that we would use this time to prepare our hearts so that when we come together, that the Spirit would be speaking boldly to us about how the Scripture might be impacting our day-to-day life. Um, So, as I get ready to read John 13, I want to encourage you, if you, if you have a Bible, feel free to pull it out um, and just ask the Holy Spirit, what might you want to highlight in, in, in this passage that I'm about to hear? Um, what, how, how are you challenging me? What, what conviction might you be uh, inviting me into? Uh, what new life might you be inviting me into in this? And so here's John 13. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his time had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that he would betray Jesus. Because Jesus knew that the Father had handed all things over to him and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he got up from the meal, removed his outer clothes, took a towel, and tied it around himself. He poured the water into the wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel that he had wrapped around himself. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not understand what I am doing now, but you will understand after these things. And Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, If I do not wash your feet, you will have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, (laughs) wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus replied, the one who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not every one of you. For Jesus knew the one who was going to betray him. For this reason, he said, not every one of you is clean. So when Jesus had washed their feet and put his outer clothing back on, he took his place at the table again and said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and do so correctly for all that is for all for that is what I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you too ought to wash one another's feet for I have given you an example. You should do just as I have done for you. I tell you the solemn truth. The slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent as a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What I am saying does not refer to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. The one who eats my bread has turned against me. I'm telling you this now before it happens so that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. I tell you the solemn truth. Whoever accepts the one I send accepts me and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. When he had said these things, Jesus was greatly distressed in spirit and testified, I tell you the solemn truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples began to look at one another, worried and perplexed, to know which of them he was talking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was at the table to the right of of Jesus in the place of honor. So Simon Peter gestured to the disciple to ask Jesus who it was he was referring to. 
Then the disciple who Jesus loved leaned back against his chest and asked him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus replied, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread after I've dipped it in the dish. Then he dipped the piece of bread in the dish and gave it to Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. After Judas took the piece of bread, Satan entered him, entered into him. And Jesus said to him, what you are about to do, do quickly. Now, none of those present at the table understood why Jesus said this to Judas. Some thought that because Judas had the money and Jesus was telling him to buy whatever they needed for the feast or to give something to the poor, Judas took the piece of bread and went out immediately. Now it was night. When Jesus had gone out, Jesus said, now the son of man is, is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and he will glorify him right away. Children, I am still with you for a little while. If you will look for me and just as I said to the Jewish religious leaders, where I am going, you cannot come. Now I tell you the same. I give you a new commandment to love one another just as I have loved you. You are, you also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus said, will you lay down your life for me? I tell you the solemn truth. The rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. This is the word of the Lord. So working through John has been quite the journey for me. Uh, It has brought great insight and conviction and challenge and joy. Uh, For me, John has been one of the gospels. Uh, It has been the gospel that I have struggled to understand the most over my life thus far. But having the opportunity to soak in it over the last few months has brought about clarity in ways that I could only that I could have never imagined. Um, it has been like wading through the vast love that Jesus has for us, and I love how these stories have just come alive for me. And I've been seeing new aspects of Christ, uh, new aspects of God's character, new ways of thinking about how Jesus interacts with me um, on a regular basis. And so I've been really grateful for just the time that we've had to be in John. And as we reflect on John 13, I I want us to look at a few different things. And I want us to start to look at the power dynamics of Jesus. Um, We live in in a world where where power and authority usually takes the place um, of great men and women who stand uh, separate from others and who use their power and authority uh, to lead people in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I was reminded of a quote by John Dahlberg Acton, and it was it's this quote that many of you have heard, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I thought about this quote a lot as I was thinking through this passage, because I feel like what we notice Jesus doing in this is very contradictory to the way we've watched power and authority used um, even in the last, in, in, in the months that have just led up to where we are now. Because I think what's so fascinating is Jesus, at very beginning in John 13, it says that because Jesus knew that the Father had handed all things over to him, that he had come from God and was going back to God, he got up from the meal, 
removed his outer clothes, took a towel and tied it around himself, poured water into a wash basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel that he had wrapped around himself. You see, what is so interesting to me is in this intimate moment, Jesus has this awareness of who he really is, knowing that he was who he said he was, that God had given him all things. And so what does he do with that understanding? Well, he undresses and he places himself at the feet of his disciples and he washes their feet. It reminds me of the passage in Philippians. It's also no, there's a, the Greek word is kenosis. It's called the kenosis passage. But Philippians 2 7 says, But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. That Jesus pours this water into this, into the wash basin. This is almost like a, I feel like for me as I read this, as I think through this, it's this kickback to John 2 when it wasn't the time for Christ to be revealed and his mom puts him on the spot and says, hey, we're out of wine. And so what does Jesus do? He tells these servants to pour water into these stone, into these stone basins and that water is, is turned into wine, the first miracle of Christ. And so it's interesting because here Jesus is at the culmination of the journey. Um, he is getting ready to move towards his death on the cross. And we find Jesus in the same place as the servants. And he's at this place where he is there with water and he is there to wash his disciples' feet. And the thing that, that really stands out to me in this is that if I was in a space where I really knew that I had this power and this authority, I don't get the sense that I would have then turned and began to wash the feet of those that were with me. I probably would have led them or come up with this great speech or this, this, this way of let's move forward in this thing. But Jesus, knowing who he really is, turns and serves those he loves. Have you ever been around someone who really knew who they were? Those are the most free people that I have ever met. Um, and to be honest with you, I've had a really hard time thinking through examples of people who have authority and power and who have laid it down to serve others. The only thing I could come up with was the TV show that I've seen a few times called Undercover Boss. And what I love about those shows is that you have these like high, you know, very wealthy people who have started these companies and no one knows who they are. And they come in and they enter and they take the menial tasks of the everyday workers that are there. And what's amazing is that by the end of this, the episode, you see these beautiful pictures of these men and women, these CEOs crying um, because they're watching the way that, that these people continue to give themselves into whatever business it is. And in some ways, I feel like this story kind of reminds me of like undercover boss. And isn't that the whole point of the gospel of John? We see right in the beginning that the word was God, you know, the word became flesh, the word was God, and the word made his dwelling among men. And that Christ, you know, God put on flesh and bones and moved into the neighborhood. And yet the world did not recognize him. Because Jesus knew who he was. That in that moment that he's glorified and he revealed God by revealing his love by serving others. 
It's crazy to think that the hands that calmed storms, the hands that multiplied multiplied bread, the hands that made wine, the hands that healed the blind men, and the hands that brought Lazarus back to life was now washing feet. Washing feet, as many know, was literally the lowest of low tasks that happened within a household. It was reserved for the slaves. And so Jesus places himself in this place to serve his disciples in the most menial of tasks. And many of us, like Peter, would have that same expression uh, where we would feel like, Lord, you can't wash my feet. Or Jesus, I should be washing your feet. And this is a sentiment that so many of us have. And it's hard for us to sit back and to have someone else serve us. Because we are people, and and I've noticed this in myself so much in the last few months, like I am so quick to help and I'm one of the last people to ask for it. Many of us are probably thinking the same thing right now. Many of us have had these things in our lives where we're so quick to help others, but when, when we have something broken in us, it can be really hard to talk about. It can be hard to ask for help. But what if what this does is what if this story reveals that deep down inside many of us believe this lie that we need to earn this foot washing or that we don't deserve this or look how hard that we have worked. And so maybe some of us even believe it from the other side of like, I deserve to have my feet washed by Jesus. But in this, I think what we see is that Christ is willing to stoop down and to wash the feet, the dirty feet of us. And so he washes the feet of Peter and he tells him that he will betray him later in this, that he will deny him later in this story. And I think what's so fascinating is this is significant because Jesus enters into this place of washing the feet of Peter, knowing that Peter is about to deny him. And I'm struck with the deeper understanding and appreciation that the love of Christ is patient, that the love of Christ is with us in this journey of transformation. And I think many of us would have chimed in just like Peter and said, never, Lord, I will die with you. I'm not going to deny you. You're crazy. Um, Or maybe some of us are even feeling more like Judas, where we know we're about to betray Christ. In fact, there are times when I see myself in the place of Peter and Judas, recognizing that there is this deep, broken, sinful space in who I am still. And yet I'm longing, continually working and longing and loving the moments when Christ comes and continues to cleanse me and remind me of who I am. But it's interesting that we have both Judas and Peter in this story, denying and betraying Jesus. But I think what I, what I appreciate about Peter is heart continues to return back to the Father. It continues to come back to the love that he has for Christ. And I think that the story makes us uncomfortable because it can really reveal the depth of our own sin. Like many of us in the last few months have struggled with, with sin like we haven't before. And yet Jesus, in his great mercy and love, offers salvation. He offers the forgiveness of sin. And I appreciate the way that in this story, he says, you guys are already clean. You've placed your faith in me. You have been set free from sin. You've been bathed. But you know what? You need transformation of your feet. You need transformation of your mind. It reminds me how there are these times in my own life when I've recognized that Christ has done this great work and it's amazing. And I go for months and months and months and things feel really good. And then I kind of get tripped up and I fall. 
But it's in those moments where I recognize that Christ is still in this cleansing work of me, that the sin still tends to stick to me from time to time, uh, actually daily, that it's still something that the sin is still something that is a reality that I struggle with. But Christ is faithful. He continues to forgive. He continues to cleanse. He continues to transform. He continues to give new life in every circumstance. And so I really am amazed how this story is deeply connected of the foot washing with the new commandment that Jesus gives. He says, love one another. And in a time like this, I sense that most people live by this rule that judge one another. But we as a people of faith must come to a place of love, loving and love for one another. And so what does it look like for us as a people of faith to do that? Well, we do it by serving one another, by asking for help, by, by, by receiving service from one another, by putting down our own preferences for the sake of, of the one. We need to be reminded of this today, that loving one another is not about keeping our own best interest in mind. It's about serving your brother and sister, and it's about honoring them. It's about being righteous over being right. It's about letting go of your preferences and leaning in to listen about giving your life and laying it down for your brothers and sisters. I think in this season, many of us, myself included, I'm tempted in this season to stand on moral high ground. And yet Jesus, knowing who he is, gives us his beautiful example of serving. And isn't that the gospel story? Like this is the story of the good news acted out. This is Jesus living out the story of the good news, that our feet are dirty, that our minds are messed up, that we need renewal, that we have blood on our hands and we've sinned against God and we are in need of of the cleansing blood of Christ. We need Christ to wash us. And we've tried, many of us have tried the most powerful cleaners. We've read the self-help books. We've wiped our histories and our hard drives in hopes that the guilt and shame would be wiped away in the same way. And the individual and systematic sin will go away if we can do all these right things. And yet, and yet, it is until, it is not until we faith in Jesus that we are made clean and whole. And then he comes, and then comes the work of having our feet washed daily by the one who has cleansed us and made us whole. And when we put ourselves in Peter's place and we say, Lord, wash all of me. We are sinners who need to be cleansed. Yes, not once and for all, but for daily as well. We need to be reminded of the God who came to us. The God who put on flesh and bone and moved into the neighborhood and laid down his life for those who would betray and deny him so that we could be free kingdom people, free people who were unleashed on the world to love the world and to point her back to her creator who has come to give life and freedom and salvation. And so to my friends who have seen sin sin creep back into their lives during this pandemic, Christ is able to deliver you, to cleanse you, and to free you. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to ask for help and to find someone that you can confess to and to have them pray with you. To my friends who have seen fear creep back in, I want to remind you that Christ has come to set us free, that Christians are fearless people. 
to my friends who have who have who have seen despair creep in i want you to i want to remind you that there is hope in the person of christ that he is with you that he is present and that he is able to set you free and able to bring and able to do all that he said he is going to do we can put our faith in the person of jesus and so as as the people of god we are called to have our feet washed and we are also called to love one another by washing other people's feet. And so, Renew, I want to encourage you in this week, in this week to come, that we would be people who are inviting the Spirit to wash us daily, to reveal sin, to help us to, to, to come face to face with the ways in which we are, we are offending God, the ways in which we are not aligned with who Christ is. And I also want us to be people who are asking the Spirit to give us creative minds to figure out how to wash the feet of those within our community of Renew and how to wash the feet of our neighbors who desperately need to feel and experience the love of Christ. So brothers and sisters, as you have an opportunity um, to talk through this passage, I just want to pray for you. So Lord, I pray that on Sunday when we gather as house churches, um, that you would show up in our midst in a way that we haven't experienced before. Lord, that you convict and challenge, Lord, that you would change us into your holy people, that you would help us to be wild men and women who chase after you, who believe uh, in, in, in the all the promises that you've given us about new creation, new heaven, new earth, your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, here and now in the spaces where where we inhabit. So Lord, we give ourselves to you and we ask that you would help us to be people who receive your love, who receive your freedom, and who become conduits to give that back out. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.